in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, and podcaster, and I'm so excited that you've taken the opportunity to download the show or stream it online, however you are listening. Thank you so much for doing so. Man, I'm excited. Just got back by the time I'm recording this. Just got back from the iCast show 2017. Holy smokes, this thing was huge. Uh, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people were there, but it's the biggest fishing show in the world. Uh, happens every July, and um, that's the that's the big tackle trading and uh, retail buyer show and media show, and there's all kinds of different stuff that goes on there. But um, I will have Chester Moore on our next podcast to go over the, what we found interesting at iCast. He was there along with Elliot Donnelly, our digital publisher, and I uh, had a lot of fun at that show. So just came back yesterday from that, and I leave tomorrow for Camp Agape, which is a bereavement camp for kids in Central Texas, and uh, we've hosted it in a variety of different places. So I am recording these bumpers, the intro and uh, outro to the podcast, as well as editing this podcast the weekend before I leave, the weekend before this releases, and uh, because I won't be here when uh, when it releases. So <laughs> I'm doing this kind of in advance. This has been a crazy schedule. Before I get too far into the show today, I want to recognize um, our sponsors. Before I do that, please subscribe to the show if you haven't done so before. We put a new episode out every two weeks. I uh, just sat down with Chester Moore at the airport when we were at ICAST and we went over this kind of an editorial calendar for the rest of the year up through December and I've got some really cool exciting things and guests to bring you for uh, the rest of the year for this show and we're kind of halfway through. We're celebrating a year doing this um, pretty much every two weeks and uh, we've, we've really kind of gained some steam and some momentum and people are looking forward to the new shows as they come out and I just can't thank you enough for tuning in and listening and supporting the show. In this show, we're going to be talking about small game hunting as well as um, simple pursuits, you know, Uh, and then a way we can basically reach out to the youth and uh, the younger hunters, the next generation that's coming into hunting to kind of help keep hunting alive and um, and the fishing sports and just all kinds of different things like that, the outdoor pursuits, if you will, the outdoor heritage alive and well and, uh, you know, after our time here is, uh, is done and I'm all about getting kids involved in the outdoors, and we talk a lot about that with this show. I've got Michael Foster on. He's my mentee. I'm his mentor, and uh, he is a really great uh, guest today on today's podcast, and I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, We have a really great conversation about everything, which is really cool. All right, before we get into all of that fun stuff, I wanted to recognize a couple of sponsors for this show. Um, We're going to, first of all, visit Silence the Shop. Oh, my goodness awesome selection of silencers for your um, firearms and any kind of other gun that that can outfit a silencer these guys have it down i mean making silencer ownership very easy making silencer ownership very um, simple for the most part as complicated as it can be sometimes these guys have kind of taken all the guesswork out of it and um, you know wondering out of it they have a really neat system for buying suppressors and um, and really getting the suppressor you want at a really good price. So highly recommend Silencer Shop. They've been a digital sponsor for us for a long time on fishgame.com and our newsletter. And uh, I would highly recommend you check them out at silencershop.com. That's silencershop.com. Also, the other sponsor we have for this show is Air Force Air Guns. I talk about these guys at the end of the show. 
kind of near the end of the show this week. And uh, they've got an awesome array of air guns. Uh, anything from your small bore, your 22, 25 caliber, 177 caliber, up to your uh, 308, 30, uh, 357, and 45 caliber air guns. Holy smokes, these guys just have it down. I mean, they know air guns. They're all single shot for the most part. The regular Air Force air guns, the Air Force International, are a little bit uh, more exotic on the air gun side. They've got some really cool products there, too. But really enjoy uh, shooting my Air Force air guns all the time. They're great practice. They're relatively easy and clean and cheap to shoot for the most part, uh, especially in the small bore category. I own a Talon P, which I've mentioned on this show before. It's a 25 caliber air pistol. And uh, it's kind of the same size as an uh, SBR or a short barrel AR-15 pistol. It's uh, compact, uses a rifle scope, no recoil, uh, you know, charge it with an air tank, uh, which you can buy and, and have inspected yearly and, uh, and, and filled up at, a, at just a regular scuba shop. Uh, or you can get carbon fiber tanks, which are a little more fancy that hold more PSI. Or you can end up getting an air pump, which I don't recommend because it's a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but I really enjoy my Air Force air guns. So check them out at airforceairguns.com. That's airforceairguns.com. And tell them that Dustin sent you. Tell them that you heard about this uh, their product on this podcast, please. And same deal with Silencer Shop. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for subscribing. Thanks so much for telling a friend. That's how we kind of grow this podcast. And this thing is growing by leaps and bounds every day. And I'm so excited about that. It's been my dream to do this show. And I'm so excited to have you guys on. So here's the interview with Michael Foster and myself. Um, Really enjoyed this time together with him. We were actually boiling out a pig skull that uh, from a a hog that he shot at DB Hunting Ranch back in uh, December of 2002. 16 so almost uh, a little bit over six six months ago or so and um anyway finally got our schedules to match where we could get together and do this we've been wanting to record this podcast together for a while i've been also wanted to have him back on the show and also wanted to have uh, boil out that pig skull and show him how it's done because i've done quite a few euro mounts in my time in the outdoors and um it's a nasty process but it's it's fun and i got to show him a few things and now he can do it on his own and uh and goodness, that's just great uh, outdoor fun in the off season where you can boil out a skull. And as gross as that sounds to some of you that have never done a Euro mount before, um, and uh, and just hang out and uh, enjoy the outdoors and enjoy each other's company. I mean, we had a great time together. So, here's my interview from last weekend with Michael Foster, and I'm recording this show the following weekend. Here's our interview. Thanks so much for listening. So we're here today, this morning, boiling a pig skull from our December 2016 hunt for for hogs at DB Hunting Ranch. That's going on outside, and we almost have it done, and we're here to talk about small game hunting. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? (laughs) Everybody in podcast world. Podcast world. God, podcast world. That's right. So you were commenting that I have some uh, rabbit and uh, rabbit furs and uh, squirrel hides and um, and squirrel tails in my office, and I don't. I never pay that much attention to them anymore. But I think that's kind of how I got my start in hunting, and I think that was your idea initially to come in and do a podcast on small game hunting because you and I both believe this, Michael, and this is your third time on the show, by the way. And, um, I've not, you're the only guest next to Prowler Bill Henson that has been on the show three times or more. <laughs> so yeah. do you feel lucky? I feel lucky, punk. <laughs> so Michael's a good friend and, uh, and yeah, no, this is good. 
Um, so tell me about, um, you know, you and I both believe about, about small pursuits and small wins, especially when there are kids involved. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that you and I both do is take our kids out bluegill fishing, you know, and not, not after the big bass or the giant redfish or whatever, just the simple pursuits. Your kids are two and five. My son's seven. Um, it's about easy wins at that age. And I want to definitely make that, uh, apparent, especially in the hunting community too, um, easy wins are squirrel and rabbit hunting, you know, and other small game, uh, predator hunting even. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think that's important. Yeah. I really think it's important. That's how I grew up hunting. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, as far as, as, uh, nowadays people, as we watched on a, a video, a YouTube video of somebody else, uh, nowadays kids go straight to deer hunting, straight to pig hunting, True. straight to exotics. And they don't get to learn the the fundamentals like you do when you're small game hunting, scouting, you know, looking for little cut cuttings from from pecan, yes, you know, underneath a, the base of a tree, or looking for squirrel nest or rabbit dens or right, uh, you know, marksmanship, uh, trying to aim at a little squirrel head, you know, fifty yards way up in a big old or oak tree with a 22 with a 22 <laughs> you know whether you have you know i didn't have scopes back then i had you know a little uh marlin model 60 no scopes uh my dad didn't we didn't have scopes on our vehicle uh, on our uh our rifles so uh i had to do the the open sight pumpkin on the post right uh and that's even harder when you're using uh uh you know when you got a squirrel 50 yards way up in a pecan or oak tree and you're right. aiming at a you know, a little bit bigger than a golf ball size <laughs> head. It's a challenge. It is, and it's, it's a great way to learn. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, every day I get off off the bus after school, and me and my buddy Nick, we would go out squirrel hunting until dark. That's yeah. You got a lot of deer hunters. A lot of the older guys were 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 deer hunters. You as a kid, you love shooting squirrels, sure. and, and everybody would let you go out on their property. Here in tech, you know, up in Michigan, here in Texas, Georgia, wherever you're from, right? You know, small game hunting, it, it's it's open to everybody. So it's pretty easy to get permission since we've talked about before earlier today. Ninety seven percent of of Texas is privately owning. We talked about that in the last podcast. Three percent is public. You know, you're a public land hunter. You know, and you've done a lot of small game hunting on public lands. Is that correct? Yes, I've I've been a uh, small game hunting since I was twelve, uh, both private and public uh land uh, down when, when i moved down here to texas i i did start hunting public land a lot so uh no that's great and i mean something you mentioned on the uh, about the podcast from last week that i wanted to bring up or two weeks ago when this is going to air live um but you know my conversation with tim jackson in regards to the feeders um and why we use feeders in texas compared to why we why we bait in Texas rather versus why we don't grow food plots and that kind of stuff. What was your point on that? Like me growing up in the Midwest and what they don't understand is down here in Texas, you don't have large forests that have high, uh, acorn, uh, crops. And, right. uh, up in Michigan, you get, uh, you know, you can walk through a forest and you'll see deer trails beat it down like cattle trails down here. And they're coming from big, you know, cornfields and right. they're sleeping down in and easy to access, uh, oak ridges and stuff like that, where, you know, you just set up, you're just tree stand on a, on a deer trail yes. and, and you wait for them to come 
back from a, a, a cornfield or a bean field and right. you wait for them to, to go back in, in the evening. And, uh, and down here you have valleys and ridges, especially, you know, up near Marble Falls and right. Lago Vista and all that stuff. That, West of I-35 in that case. Yeah. Yes. Since we're in central Texas. And, right. uh, you know, you go down there and there's just nothing but brush and cedars and you go down South Texas and there's, you know, uh, just tons of mesquite. You're yeah. not wanting to mess with any mesquite no. down here. Don't mess mesquite, with mesquite. The horns are no fun. <laughs> they said, don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with mesquite. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, That's a good but, point. But, uh, uh, so yeah, you got to draw, an- like Tim mentioned, you got to draw those animals out. Right. And down here, you don't have the, the gigantic, you know, thousands of acres of cornfields and oak ridges and, you know, mass acorn crops and, and uh, that's why another reason why people down here in Texas use corn feeders. Right. So uh, I think know. that's all good points. I mean, I just want to defend Texas as much as I can. And it's understandable because, you know, yeah, I, I, I certainly I was born and raised here. You got here as quick as you could. Yes. Sir. Um, you know, and and, uh, you know, I know we have some folks that listen outside of Texas, but I just like to defend our traditions and why we do things a certain way. It's not like the story of the ham that was, you know, uh, had to be cut and put in a pan. And this is a Zig Ziglar story. And then. Um, you know, the, because it was too small to put it in the oven, you know, it, it wasn't a tradition like that, that just got handed down from generation to generation. It's, it's been something that that's important because of our terrain and because of our food sources and those kind of things we have in the Texas area that we don't have in the Midwest, that we do have in the Midwest and the Western States and, and the Eastern States and so on and so forth. And even like, I'm sure down in the, the swamplands of uh, Louisiana and Mississippi and maybe parts of Alabama, I'm sure, sure they don't hunt the way that people do in the Midwest right. or they do in Texas. Exactly. It's just you hunt what's best for your region. Right. So, and no, your I state. Agree. So, so back to small game hunting, what are your basic tactics for getting out there uh, for some squirrels, for instance? Um, you know, are you walking out there and doing some still hunting where you're doing some spot and stalk kind of stuff? Or what, what is your basic strategy there? There's all kinds of ways you can, you can hunt uh, small game. Uh, as far as you can do spot and stalk, you can do, uh, uh, you can hunt with dogs, uh, squirrels there's uh mountain curs and, sure. and stuff like that rabbits I didn't even think about that yeah. rabbits there's beagles uh, and uh there's uh urban hunting i mean if it's legal in your area if you want to shoot them off the bird feeder that's fine right but there, there's all kinds of ways to do it. uh me i i like to do it the old school way i like to you know just kind of slip through the woods and uh uh, uh you know, try to see if I can see squirrels along a creek Watch or for movement, that kind of stuff, uh, see right. if I can see any branches moving or see if I can run, see one running from a, you know, a, a food plot into back up trying to get back into its nest before I, I shoot it. So, <laughs> you know, uh, also you can sit down and call them. There's a, uh, there's a few different ways to call squirrels. There's a, a barking call. There's a, a, a squirrel whistle that you can buy from Academy or mm-hmm. a Bass Pro shop or whatever. Okay. You just blow into it and it sounds like a baby squirrel. That one's uh, good in the spring, uh, or there's you can take two quarters, fifty cents, 
and you can grind them together and it'll sound like it's chewing on a pecan or, oh. or a walnut so are these all these things you learned in your facebook group that for squirrel hunting there's a facebook group for squirrel hunting we're going to air this podcast yeah i i've learned that th- a few things through them but there's a, a lot of this stuff is just experience yeah no that's awesome you and i both hang out in facebook groups and that's where i i certainly promote the podcast and everything and uh there's a there's a squirrel hunting and a small game hunting you know facebook group there's so. a lot of there's actually a lot of squirrel hunting groups uh mm-hmm. there's uh i think i found one uh it's a uh, there's one that's squirrel hunting and then there's one that's like squirrel hunting dogs southern squirrel hunting there's, there's a whole bunch of them so there are places there are resources you can find uh, on the internet you know certainly with with the the online age that we have now i mean you can go to youtube and watch some videos on on squirrel tactics you can you know but it's, it's something that we wanted to bring to the podcast because it's something that's not talked about enough on tv shows it's it's something that's not talked about enough on on you know internet channels you know, I, I just think it's a simple pursuit. It's not an easy pursuit all the time because shooting something that small with a, with a small caliber rifle or a shotgun is not always that easy. But it's it's more accessible than big game hunting, which we talk about a lot on this show. Yeah, uh, small game hunting has been uh, quickly forgotten in America. It's, uh, you know, with all the trail cameras and uh you know, high powered rifles and compound bows and crossbows and, you know, new muzzle loaders and deer stands and food plots and all that, you know, expensive stuff, deer leases, all that stuff that goes into uh, defining whitetail or big game. Uh, you don't ha- necessarily have to put that much money into small game hunting. It's a right. l- it's a little bit more affordable. There's plenty of places to do it. Not a lot of people do it, so it's not as pressured as it might be yes. with big game. So and you know it's it's great to teach your your girlfriend, your wife, your kids, sure. your, the neighbor's kid, yeah. uh, nephews, nieces. You know, you know the basics of hunting. Right and. You get a lot of meat. I mean, you don't get a ton of meat like you would a whitetail, but you go out there a few times and, you know, you get you about 20, 30 squirrels or something. You sure. Know, or rabbits and, and uh, you got you a meal. So. Yeah, you got you a uh, squirrel a and dumplings or you've got, you know. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Fricassee squirrel. I got Haas and Pfeffer, you know, <laughs> the German <laughs> version of rabbit. You know, start, start sounding like Forrest Gump here. <laughs> yeah, that's you right. Start listening up squirrel all. scoop, squirrel salad. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Like like Forrest Gump's love of shrimp, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for making me laugh, Foster. I love it. <laughs> so um, no, that's great. So you brought some notes with you. Um, tell us, tell us, kind of what your what's on your mind today with this. Uh, I just wanted to go over, uh, you know, different uh, places to hunt. Obviously, there's private land, sure. there's public land, and then there's urban if it's legal in your area. Right, and. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get some private land, that's probably my number one choice. If you can get some permission to hunt on private land, it's not going to be as pressured or you don't have to deal with the headache as you would with public right. land. But there's nothing wrong with public land either. Public land, there uh, I hunt Granger Lake, which is here in Wimson County, Central Texas. And, uh, you know, public land can be a headache, but there's you know i think there's 10,000 acres or something like that i uh, that's opened to uh small game and dove and uh predator hunting hog hunting out there in uh here in Williamson County sure. so uh hit it up 
So. No, that's great. And I mean, so there are a lot of different places. And like we just said at the beginning of the podcast, the the barrier to entry is lower in getting kids outdoors and, and, and those kind of things is let their first hunt be a squirrel or rabbit hunt, not necessarily a, a white tailed deer buck hunt, you know, or whatever the case may be. That's my whole point, you know, is just simple pursuits are a great way to start new hunters out. But it's also, even if you don't have a place to big game hunt, which is the case for a lot of people in Texas because of public land being what it is in Texas, uh, having a lot of private land, this is a great way to enjoy the outdoors, you know? And um, I just think it's an awesome pursuit for anybody to follow, you know, and not just get wrapped around the axles of big game hunting, deer and hogs and that kind of stuff. Those of you that never have been small game hunting, uh, I don't know your situation. I don't know if you've if you've been small game hunting and if you haven't i'd like to go over a few you know scouting tips as sure. far as uh as far as looking for a good spot to take it okay. yourself or some buddies or whatever score that was my biggest my biggest hurdle when i when i started hunting i started hunting at fort hood in my early 20s and uh when i started hunting you know small game on those properties and then on some urban properties that i had around here closer to home in leander where i live uh, that was my hardest thing was finding out a place to scout, you know, finding out where's the best place for me to look for, you know, that kind of activity. As far as, uh, you need to look for a, a woodlot, maybe out in the middle of a cornfield, uh, or, a, or a bean field or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, squirrels like to be in those little pockets of woods and stuff where sure. it's not really pressured. Right. Uh, as far as, uh, looking for larger, uh, big, you know, populations of woods uh it's uh you're gonna look for like hickory trees sure. walnut trees pecan trees oak trees uh creeks uh squirrels they they're like everything else when it gets hot in the summertime or you know the, any time of the year they got a drink so you're gonna right. you know, be around water right you're gonna have to find some creeks or or some ponds or something and uh as far as uh uh, as scouting purposes, you're going to look for nest dens, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the side of trees, uh, big nest. They're not going to look, they're going to look like a, a bird nest, but bigger, you know, just going to have all kinds of stuff up there, twigs and leaves and whatever they can find. Sure. And, uh, you're going to look for, for cuttings on the bottom of trees from hickory nuts and walnuts and pecans and stuff. So you're going to look, look for stuff like that. So sign. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. You're just going to look, sign, you're going right. to look for stuff that shows that there's a lot of squirrels in that area. Uh, as far as, uh, I like to go over, uh, squirrel guns. Okay. If, if you don't mind. Good. No, uh, I've, got, I've got some, I know you've got some too. So yeah, uh, some good squirrel guns. I think the most popular one is the 22 rifle. Uh, some good 22 rifles out there are, uh, Ruger, uh, 1022 is a I good one. one of those, yeah. Uh, Marlin model, uh, 60, uh, the newer one is a Marlin model 795. I've had both of those before. Uh, Savage makes some good, ri uh, 22 rifles. Uh, there's, uh, shotguns. There's the Remington 870 or the Mossberg. You can, Moss 500, right? Mossberg 500 or the, I have, uh, it's basically a mossberg 500 it's a mossberg maverick 88 uh -huh. is in the field version academy carries those yeah academy carries those uh good calibers would be 20 or 410 i hunt with the 12 gauge just because uh i hunt more stuff with my 12 gauge than just small game like i go dove hunting and turkey hunting right. and stuff like that so, so a 410 or a 20 gauge i mean a 12 gauge is almost overkill for squirrels yeah, it's, i've it's, had it's some experiences with that um but, uh, you know, I definitely think that uh, that's a good consideration to make because, um, 
you know, the smaller calibers certainly make you more, uh, or the smaller gauges in that case, make you more accurate on uh, making the shot count. And that's certainly big with, with teaching kids, especially with a 410 or a 20 gauge. And there's less recoil, too, with the smaller ones. And the yeah. 22, there's, you know, negligible recoil on that. Um, I showed you one of my squirrel guns, which is a Mossberg, I think 85K or 185K. I can't remember the model number of it, but it's, it was made back in the 60s, maybe the 50s even. It's got a poly choke on it, which basically moves from uh, uh, full to improved cylinder choke by twisting a, uh, uh, a muzzle uh, contraption on the uh, – how would you explain that? It's like twisting a muzzle um, – Choke. It, it's like a choke that basically expands or contracts when it, you twist it. Yeah, three in one kind of deal. Right. right. So it's a poly choke. And so that's an old technology, but uh, that's a 20 gauge bolt action, uh, which is a great squirrel and rabbit gun. So in our small game hunting group, uh, we have a lot of people who ask uh, about, you know, what should I, what kind of gun should I use? Well, it's okay to use both. Sure. You know, because we've talked about this in our small game group where, uh, shotguns are really good for one youth mm-hmm. and two because when the leaves are on it's really hard to see the squirrels in the early fall right uh it's like a jungle out there so when you see branches moving and stuff you can and you can kind of see you know your target that's a good good gun to uh, scatter yeah, guns a better yeah, idea because yeah, yeah. it'll spray those bbs in there sure. and you have a better option of hitting it than you would with the 22 22s are good when the leaves are down right. and you need a little bit more range mm-hmm. uh, than a shotgun. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit in our group as well. No, that's cool. And so what load do you use? Because uh, it's been a while since I've been squirrel hunting. What load do you use for squirrels and rabbits and those kind of, you know? Number six, is, I, in my opinion, is the best. Okay, that's what I was going to recommend too. That's what I've hunted with. Uh, you can use five or four, but, I mean, it's maybe a little overkill. Right. But, uh it kills them too. I'm not saying shot. it doesn't kill them, but right. I think six is the most popular. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's popular for, and, and for rabbits, you have the same kind of, you want to look for rabbit, you know, um, uh, poop, if you will. Um, you want to look for rabbit dens. You want to look for, you know, those kind of things on the ground that you don't look for in the trees for squirrels, right? Really brushy spots, brushy uh, spots, right? Brush piles. Uh, we used to get up on top of, we'd have one guy get up on top of the brush pile and start jumping up and down. <laughs> <Scare them all>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd have the other two guys just kind of waiting for it to come out either side. And that's if you don't have a dog. Would that be like a rabbit drive instead of a deer drive? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did some pretty crazy things. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I got my first beagle when I was probably about 12 or 13 years mm-hmm. old. Uh, we uh, went up to... Uh, a place called Jeans Market, and uh, I noticed there's an advertisement on the board. It says Beagles for sale, and they're oh, cool. twenty five dollars. <laughs> and uh, I guess there's, I guess they don't have papers, <laughs> but because a, a Beagle with papers costs you a lot more than twenty five dollars. Right. Exactly. But uh, um, yeah, I told my dad about it, grabbed the number, and my dad's like, "Well, you want it, you're gonna have to earn it." And so, Ooh, yeah, tough love. <laughs> tough love. <laughs> Sorry, kids. It wasn't like it is now. Where That's right. pa- parents just give you whatever you want. Yeah, sure, I'll give it, it to you. You yeah. know, it's you know, go out and start splitting firewood. Go out there and start raking leaves. Uh, cows need to be fed. Chickens need hustle to hustle and grind yeah, for it. Yep. yep. You ain't just gonna get it. So. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's good. See, that's how you get your first beagle. Huh? Yeah, so I got my first beagle, and I had a. This sounds so weird. Uh, I had a cat that used to kill baby rabbits. And oh it, wow! And it would never, 
it would never eat them. It would just drop them on the on the front porch. Glad you mentioned that. My wife had a cat when she was growing up in her uh, high school and college years. They named her Killer for Squirrel Killer. Yep. It would kill squirrels. It wouldn't eat them. It would drag them into the, the so, house. So yeah. I would take some string, and I would wrap it around the back legs, and I would have uh, – it was dead. It wasn't alive. Sure. sure. <laughs> I knew. I figured. <laughs> I just want to clarify just in that. In case anybody's listening and like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> this, crazy. This guy's nuts. <laughs> but uh, uh, my sister would hold him on, on the porch and I would go running through the yard and I'd, you know, sit there and, you know, get the scent all over the ground. And then I, I would go hi- hide it. And then he would get out there with his nose and he would, he would find the rabbit. And that's how I trained oh, him. That's how, how you train him. That, okay, that's how I trained cool. him. I don't know if that's a professional way, but that's how we do it. That's cool. In my house. <laughs> Old school style. I love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, those were some good times, but, uh, yeah, beagles are a good good uh, rabbit dog. Uh, I've known people who use bassets, but because of their short legs and, and the snow and stuff, sure. you, you you know it's a little more of a challenge. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more of a challenge. Where you got to right. do them when there's only a few inches of snow. Yeah, down here you don't got that problem. That's true. We don't really have that problem here. Yeah, as much. So maybe in North Texas, but not so much here in Central. It's so, every other year we get snow every once in a while. So so bassets and beagles are your good squirrel dogs if you're going to go ahead and use dogs. If you for squirrel hunting, probably like a mountain cur or I uh, forgot what the other one's called. It starts. You with meant a, for rabbit hunting, the basset and the yeah, and the beagle. You yeah, squirrel hunting. Oh, I'm so sorry, for, rabbit, no, fine, rabbit hunting. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, I just want to clarify. And then for squirrel hunting, it would be the mountain cur. There's another one. It's called mountain something. It starts with an F. Uh, okay, that's fine. So. No big deal. Um, but no, that's that's cool. So so having a dog is is a good is a good hunting companion for sure. Yeah, you can find a lot more game with it with a dog. Sure. So. No, that's good and tree a squirrel and take your shot and and yeah. uh and that's a kind of basic way it works yeah. kind of like kind of like raccoon hunting and right. stuff so right another another <laughs> another american born pursuit right there <laughs> raccoon hunting with uh with your uh with your big old bloodhounds and that kind of stuff yeah black and tans but no that's good uh what else oh let's see what we got here uh You've got notes, so I want to make sure we use all your notes and we don't forget anything. Oh. <laughs> Never had anybody bring notes to my podcast before, but here we go. Mike Foster's a little organized. <laughs> Foster's way organized. I'm telling you, this is great. A little OCD going on that's here. That's okay. I'm way OCD, so that's not a problem. But uh, some tips and tricks that I would like to point out there is sure. uh, I actually learned this one, for, again, from another uh, a YouTube video is is an old pill bottle uh-huh. for your 22 shells. You put a okay. you put a cotton swab in the bottom, uh-huh. and then you put some twenty two shells in there, and then you leave just a little on the top, and you put another cotton ball in there, mm-hmm. and then you uh, that prevents it from your twenty two shells from rattling in your pocket. Oh, or, and it's a convenient way to travel with your twenty two. You can rounds. fit about twenty five to fifty of them in there and, and a standard pill bottle. Yeah. Well, that's all you need when you're out there hunting. Is, right, you, you don't need, need a whole brick. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I hope not. If you need a brick, you need. Don't squirrel hunt. <laughs> We're just completely overrun with squirrels. We're coming out of the word work, you know. Yeah. So we needed all 550 rounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game warden's going to be like, what the heck is <laughs> the going heck on over there? Doing? That's right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's good. So that's another good consideration. Uh, for anybody that's interested in... Uh, small game hunting there is uh, i'm not affiliated with this at all there's a up in bentonville arkansas there is a world championship squirrel cook off it's september 16th 2017 again in bentonville arkansas the website for that is www.squirrelcookoff.com 
<laughs> so, so thanks for telling everybody that, that, that is, great. Uh, joe wilson i think he's the the guy who started that five years ago he he's gonna appreciate that i guess um <laughs> plug i'll be sure to promote this in that facebook group too. that uh yeah uh, it's good way to meet other squirrel hunters uh or if you've never had squirrel before it's a good way to to try it i guess uh what does squirrel taste like michael uh depends if the person knows what they're doing that's true that's a good point because i've i typically do squirrel in a crock pot yeah i've done raccoon in a crock pot which sounds really crazy but not if you're from the south it's not that crazy i guess i should say because we're right next door to louisiana here in texas um but i've done rabbit and squirrel and uh raccoon both in the crock pot all three in the crock pot and it's, it's turned out pretty well so what what is your idea on eating uh i've had uh bushy tail and autumn apples it's uh it's uh that's uh, like uh, a midwestern recipe uh, yeah there. it's uh it's it's squirrel and, and granny smith apples uh, i've had them in a slow cooker i've uh bacon wrapped squirrel just kind of like you would a dove you just take the the four pieces and and wrap it and bake it and stuff that's pretty around good. the bones uh okay. the most common way is uh is fried squirrel where you uh you know you have some flour and eggs and uh-huh. seasoning and you batter them up and you put them in the oil and and uh, fry them up just like you would a uh, chicken fried steak or something yeah but uh, uh there's all kinds of ways you, and that's another uh, reason why if you if you should or you know i think you should go to this cook office so you can learn more recipes mm-hmm. you know maybe talk to some of the cooks and sure. get, get some ideas on but even if you don't do something like, you know, travel out of town to go to the Arkansas thing, you know, I think it's a good consideration if you're interested at all in small game hunting is to get in some of these Facebook groups and trade ideas. Yeah, exactly. It's really simple. I mean, most everybody listening to the podcast knows what digital is all about, knows what social media is all about. So I would think, you know, it would be a, a smart idea to uh, network, which is something I try to do for all of my hunting and fishing pursuits is just really get out there and ask questions, you know. Um, there are a lot of good people out there that help, you know, that are there to help you. And I, and what I like about these small game groups versus, I mean, I'm not trying to dog anybody else's groups, but I've been in some groups where there's some, been some real jerks yes, in there. We and, have some right here in Texas, don't we? <laughs> and I have never been in an argument with anybody in any of my small, or my small game groups. Right. And, rabbits, that kind and of stuff, yeah right? and they're they're quick to ask questions i mean i typically if i ask a question i probably get a a, a reply within probably about 30 30 right. minutes to an hour uh and uh everybody's respectful everybody understands that you know it's an opinion yes you, you don't have to take it <laughs> you don't have to take this to level 10 man right it's it's social media he's just asking a question right you know how he you know, no, I mean, and that's something else I was going to bring up on this show is just that there's just so much that, that, that social media can be used for good. The reason I get ticked off with it sometimes is that some people use social media. You and I were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. using social media to dog on each other or using social media to call somebody out or whatever the case may be. And I've certainly been the victim of that. I mean, you know, it just can't we all just get along, I guess is what I'm trying to say to in my opinion, again, this is just an opinion, and two of my opinion, why hunting is is quickly, uh, you know, becoming extinct is yes. because 
uh, one because of people like that. Some mm-hmm. some uh, rookie ask a question about, hey, is this is this you know what doesn't can, know any better. Yeah, right. what what can I do? Uh, some tips, whatever. And then right. some some John Doe comes out and just bashes the heck out of them. And the second reason is the sport is becoming so expensive. It is. And those are two of the, no, I believe, are the main reasons why people are backing away from hunting. Michael and I text a lot uh, to each other, and I mean, that, those are the kind of ideas that we share, and I think it's something that's good to talk about on the podcast, because, you know, it, those two things really are. I mean, people that don't, that aren't understanding and helpful, you know, and certainly a lot of people tune into this show because they, they, they know that I'm going to be helpful, and I'm going to be educational, and I, I realize that's where a lot of you listen. Um, but you know, it, it just simply ticks me off that people take things that seriously and, and, and don't seek to educate, but to just, you know, I always say, seek to understand first, then to be understood. Um, you know, everybody has a background, everybody has a context, everybody has, um, you know, some, some kind of relationship in the past that's bringing them to where they are now. And to not understand that, that it's a newbie, it's their first time, you know, and just to dogpile on them, you know, it's just, yeah. Can you imagine, we've been friends probably about four or five years right. now. Yeah, I think it's been about four years. Can you imagine when I commented on your YouTube video <laughs> and you said, you know, well, that's how professionals do it, loser. Yeah, right. We wouldn't be friends right now. <laughs> yeah, would we? I'd have been like, what? man, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> that guy's a jerk, man. I'm telling you. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing I try to be with anybody that watches my YouTube videos because I've got YouTube, I got the podcast, I, I write for the magazine, I um, I also you know write for the website and several other websites and my own blog, but. I, I'm open to people come, you know, like you who come in and ask questions. Hey, what's about this urban hunting? You know, how do you do this? Where do you do this? You know, and those kind of things. We're we're here on Earth to help each other, man. You know, I mean, and you know that, and 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 I showed that that same kind of love that I have for the outdoor sport to you as I do a lot of viewers and listeners. As I'm honored that you even watch my videos. Really, I am. You know, yeah, because without your uh, without your audience, you, you are pretty much you nothing. don't have anything. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're so. nobody. You're just a guy putting YouTube videos on exactly. YouTube. Exactly. I mean, so I'm very humble about all that. I really am. I mean, I'm very blessed that a lot of the success in the outdoors. I often think about this. A lot of the success I've had in the outdoors, I've gone out and created myself of just just creating a product, or creating a video, or creating a podcast, or something to attract people into a campfire setting where we just kind of talk and and uh, uh, and just discuss things that are that are relevant in the hunting and fishing, you know, outdoor world. But you know, to say that you're not you're any better of a hunter because you didn't go out and catch that bull red on the coast, or you didn't go out and um, shoot this twelve point buck on your deer lease. I mean, Chester and I have talked about this on the show before. It's not about that for me. It's not about that for you either, is it? Man, I wish I shot a 12-point buck, <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet. But, you know, it, it comes back to small game yeah. hunting. You know, it's 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 simple pursuits, you know, and it's just about going out and enjoying all that God's outdoors have to offer, you know. You know, that's the way my grandpa taught me, and that's the way my, my dad taught me. They took me out on public land again or to a buddy's house when I was, you know, eight years old. Sure. And that's how I learned. And the old-timers, they, they – you know, put me under their wing and, and taught me how to shoot, how to scout, how to do this. And then, you know, and then I met you and you took it to a, 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 a level even higher. And those are things that I'm going to, I'm going to pass on to my kids. Right. 
and it's all, all about helping each other the positive oh yeah you've you've helped me out a lot Dustin is a very good man guys <laughs> he's 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 got a big heart but uh yeah he's helped me and my wife and my kids out a lot and those are things that i'm going to be able to share with uh with my kids uh i i was uh i heard a saying you can't kill uh hate with hate you can right. only kill uh hate with love, with love. yeah i've heard so, that too uh, yeah, i agree you know i i think the responsibility of us older generation just like the generation above us sure. is to love the younger generation yes. and to teach them, you know, positively. Oh, Don't- and next generation is what I'm totally about on this show because I realize being that this is a podcast format and not a radio show, a lot of younger viewers, a lot of little younger listeners listen to it. But that all being said, our the mentors that I've had in my life have taken the time to show me, which is why I've kind of taken you under my wing as a mentee, you know, and to be your mentor, because I want to pass that legacy on. Yes. And we, back when we were hunting and getting started in hunting, right. we didn't have uh, te- technology as much. No. It, we had it a little bit. Right. But but not it, to the degree we do today. It is, sure. a, it is a enemy of hunting right now. It is kids are sitting on their iPhones, on their, uh, you know, video games and iPads, their, their and computers yeah. and stuff. They much rather sit inside and right. play with their video games and talk and text with their friends right. than go out hunting. We've talked about that on the show before. It, it's it's our biggest enemy is is not bringing them out to what we see is of value in the outdoors. You know, and I think that's so totally important, you know, when it comes to small game hunting pursuits or big game hunting pursuits or fishing or anything like that. This transcends all that. It's just about, you know, why do we do this? Why is this a sport that we enjoy? And we live in a world now where everything is disposable. Uh, And like you were mentioning, the valuable, they have no value. They have no patience. And that's why it's our job to teach them patience, to teach them value, to teach them what God has provided us. Right. You know, not to, to bash them and chase them away because we already got have that enough with, with technology. Technology is doing a great job with yeah, that. It is. And, and, our, and our sport is declining for that reason. Fast. You know, fast. And that's one thing I'm really interested in getting kids involved in. You know, one of my most popular videos I've talked about before is my compound bow hunting video, which has like 205,000 views or whatever on it. I, I don't really don't even care. I just, I'm happy that it, it's, I've, I get so many comments on that video of, wow, I didn't have anybody to show me this. That's why I did the video. Yeah. You know, I because I didn't have anybody. I had a couple of guys at the pro shop at the archery club 12 years ago when I started shooting archery that took me under their wing that, that shot league uh, tournaments and, and that shot 3D. And I, it was the longbow guys, Michael, that mm-hmm. taught me the most I know about compound bow hunting because they were like, look, when you pull back that bow, if you go off that draw at all, you've got to redraw that bow completely. You've got to go all the way down to the, to the bottom and, and redraw. And that's because it changes the power of your cams and your, and your, and your, um, and the energy in your cams. And so there are those kind of things that I try to pass on because those things were given to me by people that really cared, but people that didn't have the voice that I do with the podcast or I do with the magazine or that, you know, anything like that. I mean, I'm, I'm all about giving back, 
you know i mean that's what's most important is that legacy you leave behind yeah and i'm taking my oldest son is named sean and uh sean foster and he uh he's five years old this year he'll be six in october and uh he's going out dove hunting with me september 1st and uh and then i'll probably around october maybe closer to halloween I'll, i'll take him out squirrel hunting and uh these are things that I'm going to be t- teaching him patience. Sure. Uh, you know, you know, when I go hunting, I already know pretty much what I need to know. I, I go and I scout the woods. I, I look at the, you know, I do sure. all my stuff. Right. I'm going to have to take, a, I'm going to have to use a little bit more patience right. and show him and explain to him, even if we don't shoot anything, you see these, these are cuttings. This, right. mean, this means that a squirrel was sitting on this limb. And he was he was gnawing on a pecan, meaning that he's feeding in this area. You see those squirrel nests right there? That's his home. Right. He's, you know, take the time, you know, be a little bit more patient, and and uh, you know, take the time to teach them, explain to them, right. you know, show them, uh, you know, what they, uh, you know, if he asks questions. Uh, you know, answer your the questions as best as you can. Sure. You know, yeah. and if you don't know how to answer that question, say I'll get back to you. You don't have to have all the answers. That's the joy of the yeah. day we live in now. Is that somebody out there probably does. Yeah, and that's the purpose of those small game groups. There's probably two thousand, three thousand people in that group. Somebody's got to have an answer right. to your question. Exactly. The internet has certainly opened up a lot more uh, information sources to us, you know, than than ever. But, you know. Um, my my son Jackson has uh, has had a principal when he was in kindergarten, I think it was, and he made the point that you know these kids these days will whip out an iPhone and have the answer right away. He said we're trying to teach them in elementary school the skill and the value we're trying to give to them is how to think for yourself. Yeah, what you have to do as a hunter, um, you know, you have to you have to think for yourself. You've got to be able to commune with nature and understand how and the the most amazing thing to me about nature and about hunting and the reason why I hunt and fish is because it all shows me that there's a divine creator behind it all and that he has a purpose for every living thing that's out there if I can make it a recommendation if you have an older kid that has a phone make them leave it in the truck yeah right (laughs) but it's instant entertainment dad gosh you know it's like you know what you can leave your phone in the truck until we get back right so take a vacation from the technology unplug we all try to do that as adults you know I think or at least we should so I mean that's definitely a good consideration but you know I really think that that it's just it's so important that we just you know teach that next generation but also and as I talked about the podcast two podcasts ago with Clay Hergert he made a great point that I wanted to drive home on this show too is reach across the aisle and bring somebody that's a non-hunter yeah, you know somebody that doesn't understand at least seek to educate them, not just to hate them because they're different and they don't understand. They didn't grow up with the same dad and grandfather that you and I did. Yeah. Uh, again, my grandfather died in two thousand and five. The one that was really into hunting and fishing. My other grandfather, my uh, maternal grandfather, died when I was six. You know, and um, I didn't. I didn't have them. You know, and my dad was into bass fishing when I was young. So I didn't really. I had to teach myself a lot that I know. You know, being that I came from where I did, I, I use technology to find out what I know today. But I also am all about giving that back. Yeah. And and passing that on to other people. So that's one of the reasons for the show. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
Yeah, it, small game hunting, it needs to – I really would like to see small game hunting come back, you sure. know. Uh, and like Dustin mentioned earlier, uh, take your wife, take mm-hmm. your sister. To, it, we need to get women in as well. Uh, take uh, that guy from work. Uh, yes. Take the, take the ki- guy from church. The guy from yeah. church. Take the guy – or the kid that lives down the street that has a single you know, single mom, doesn't have a dad that can take him yeah. hunting. Uh Reach across that aisle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong Show with some that. love. Yeah, show some love. Because that's what all this is based about, you know. I have a love for this show because I try to spread love of the outdoors, you know, and try to make that an infectious, you know, uh, thing. Infectious is kind of a bad word, I guess, to use for it. But just just contagious, if you will, you know. And I mean contagious in a good way. So. You know, uh, <laughs> and another one is if you know a veteran and you have some, some land that you can uh, – let a veteran go hunting. Right. Let a veteran take so, a veteran out with you. you they're experienced in firearms, most yeah, likely. Yeah, they're. Ex- so. I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we just we need to spread hunting, and the uh, and we need to show people about hunting. And the best way to do that is to go small game hunting. Right. Show them the basics. You know. Oh, I agree. I they don't have to sit in a deer stand for four hours and sit still and everything. You can move around the woods. Yes. You know. Uh, you can scout, you can, you know, use your marksmanship, you mm-hmm. do all the same things that you can do with deer, except for they can move around. They don't yes. have to see, can we move? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's perfect for kids. Can I, I mean, can I sneeze? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. Um, that reminds me of, of the last podcast I did, uh, two, I guess it was three podcasts ago. I did one with, uh, talking about Roy Simmons and I'll have him on the show. He's uh gone fishing dot biz. Uh, at uh, Richland Chambers, uh, Gone Fishing Guide Service, Richland Chambers Lake. And I'm telling you, man, his whole thing is God ever made a fish for kids, it would have been the white bass. Because that's a constant act of catching fish. You know, you get in a school of white bass, they're feeding, you know, you're constantly pulling them over. I mean, kids dig that stuff. I mean, my son's still talking about that trip, and that was three weeks ago. Uh, had such a blast, uh, you know, going out there. So, I mean, it's about finding simple pursuits at the end of the day. And that's a simple fish to catch. It doesn't take a lot of skill. Yeah, bluegill, sunfish, crappie, white bass, uh, all, you know, fish that swim in schools. And mm-hmm. when you get into a, a school of them, you could just catch them for hours. Yeah. And you don't see that a lot on TV. You just see the guys pulling in the six, the six, seven, eight, ten pound bass, you know. And the, the the simple pursuits aren't talked about enough. That's my point. Yes, our professionals are showing these deer like 170, 180, right. 200 inches, and they're and they're showing these bass that weigh like 10 pounds. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's just kind of like that's not realistic to what we. Yeah. Yeah, as, catch as, and, and shoot. as common, you know, outdoorsmen, you know, that, that just do this stuff for fun and just are out here as a sporting tradition. I mean, it's not about the biggest or the best. It's really not. It's about that communion with nature I've talked about many times on the show. Yeah, and pray pray somebody. I mean, if it's their first deer and they shot a button buck or, if you know, it's a, you know, two-pound squirrel or sure. – uh, uh, a turkey with a two and a half inch beard or something. I mean, a Jake, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, yeah. Yeah, you know, tell them congratulations, give them a pat on the back, you know, take trophy pictures or, you know, we need to watch that in social media too. I think that's something where we can definitely extend our arms and social media to people that it is their first kids kill. 
uh, or their their uh, their kids first kill or whatever the case may be. As we were talking about small animals, uh, and you were talking at the beginning of the show about my pig, I shot like a 60, 50, 60 pound pig max. I'm so proud of you too. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, we walked up to it, I was like, wow, ground shrinkage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you learned about ground shrinkage and hog hunting for your first hog. So. Yeah, was, <laughs> but, you know, it's my first hog, so we're out here boiling the skull and, mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, great Saturday afternoon tradition. That's my, right. You know, told my son this morning, I says, hey, Sean, look, at it. there's a monster in my bucket. He comes <laughs> he come over, he's like, no, Dad, that's your hog. <laughs> it's about pulling their legs sometimes and just getting them, getting them to think, you know, so – but no, and, and, and really I was so proud of you because that was your first big boy rifle, your first 308, yep. first kill and first Texas hog. You yep. know, I couldn't I, have been prouder as your mentor. All, <laughs> you know? all my guns have been either hand-me-down or, uh, I have borrowed from friends that 308 was the first, uh, that Savage, uh, Axis 308, uh, was my first deer rifle that, mm-hmm. I, that I bought over the counter. And uh, same with uh, with my shotgun and my and my uh, Marlin Model 795. I no longer have that anymore. But they were all the first guns that sure. that I've I've bought over the counter. Right. There's so. something special with that for sure. Yeah. And also one thing you've seen my poster of Air Force air guns in my uh, office here. Um, <laughs> protect your nuts. I love that. It's got a squirrel with a helmet on and he's holding a pecan and it's this protect your nuts. They're a Texas based company. I want to plug them because great squirrel gun, uh, 25 caliber down to uh 22 or, or 177 caliber air gun. Um, I have the Talon P, which I've talked about many times before. And, um, it's a, uh, it's a really short, pistol style rifle i'd almost equate it to an ar pistol because it's a little bit longer than your standard pistol obviously and it's kind of meant to be shot with a rifle with a rifle scope but um you know fantastic gun fairly quiet you can get suppressed versions of the air force air guns and i've talked a lot about the texan being the big bore you know gun but for small game pursuits an air gun's cheaper to shoot than the 22 you know so yeah air, air guns are especially good for we talked about earlier about uh urban hunting if it's legal in your area and you don't have uh houses all around you stacked right. up on top of you you know you got an acre or whatever you got a good you know buffer if you will yeah, yeah. You, if you miss you're you're shooting into a tree or out into the woods somewhere right. uh houses not that close to each other air guns are a way to go mm-hmm. you know they're not loud uh they got just as much power as a, as a 22 uh and uh you know they're probably about the I don't know how much they cost. Well, you say they're probably about the same price as a as a, a twenty two over the counter. They're they're a bit they're they're a little bit more expensive to buy, and then you got to get your scuba tank or your carbon fiber tank and um and and refill it with air and get that inspected every year. Your tank's got to get inspected every year by a scuba shop, but. Um, overall, if you really shoot a lot, they come out to be cheaper. I mean, we're talking more money than a 22 over the counter, but as far as the longevity of shooting, uh, it turns out for me at least to be, to be cheaper. And I don't shoot a lot. Of, I don't shoot as much as a lot of people do, but I, um, I've enjoyed it. They're quiet. They're clean. They're, uh, they're effective. I mean, they're accurate. The, the, the Talon P that I have is ridiculously accurate for being as short as it is. I and, mean, it's just great. And it doesn't have the loud crack as you would right. from a, from a 22 That's or, true. Uh, I think that one you, uh, that, uh, 
air rifle you shot your you hog were with, with me when that hog, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounded like a potato gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a little hairspray and a potato and a schedule forty PVC pipe. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I was thinking more of a like a bang and it was like thunk. <laughs> Michael was holding his ears and I was like, you don't need to do that. It's okay, man. You know, and I, it's not that loud. So anyway, yeah, it sounded like it sounded like one of those potato launchers potato that you used to make when you were a kid. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> But no, I, I I just enjoy it. I love air guns, and I just I have a lot of fun with uh, with everything that has to do with uh, firearms. But air guns are just it's they're starting to grow. I mean, you, at Shot Show I saw this year, I was just watching American Air Gunner, which is one of the TV shows, uh, broadcast TV shows. It's on uh, the Pursuit Channel, and it's dedicated only to air guns. They talked about the Shot Show this year being so full of air guns. Everybody's getting in the market because they're getting so popular. Wow. You know, and I think that's just, that just is showing. I showed Michael one of the uh, Umarex um, Smith & Wesson BB revolvers that I have. Uh, Dustin Ellerman sent me. Wow, know? yeah, yeah, that thing was that it, thing was legit. It feels like a real gun, but it's training for kids especially and, you know, new shooters of shooting fundamentals, grip, safety, that kind of stuff, without spending that expensive ammunition for three hundred eight, or I'm sorry, thirty eight special or uh, three fifty seven magnum, and having to blow all the money on spot on firearms. So it's they're basically uh, firearm inspired air guns, and uh, you can t- check those out on Umarex's website, or they sell them online uh, all over the place. A lot of the air gun places like Pyramid Air. Um, but I, I'm really a fan of what air guns are doing for the shooting public these days. Definitely not the BB gun I grew up with. No, <laughs> no, it was definitely not. <laughs> so I still have my pellet BB gun from uh, from back when I grew up. My grandfather handed down to me that died when I was six, and uh, that's still just a lot of memories. My dad, who was a big bass fisherman, he taught me how to shoot with that gun, that little pellet rifle, and uh, his little break open Springer uh, pellet gun. And um, we basically, you know, would sit in the backyard of my of my um, grandparents' property. They lived on two acres, and we'd shoot beer cans or soda cans or whatever we could find and uh that's how that's where my shooting fundamentals were developed you know i learned how to handle a gun safety all that stuff yeah that's what i'm buying uh sean for christmas that's gonna be his christmas gift this year is a little benjamin uh, oh, uh pellet rifle uh, shh, don't tell him <laughs> benjamin's a great brand too uh crossman makes benjamin rifles and uh the one thing that they're really big about is the pioneer airbow which i've talked about before that's a uh, air-powered archery tool um and uh they're really big i own a a benjamin marauder my dad has it now and crossman is a great air gun brand because they make so many different versatile either spring spring or pcp uh powered rifles and um i'm just a real big fan of those too yeah and pellet guns are a good way to to start teaching and bb guns are a good way to start uh, teaching kids how to shoot the yeah. fundamentals of shooting and i just think it's overlooked so many times because we just think okay we'll start them with a 22 and then we'll move them to a 12 a 20 gauge and then you know i i just think you know why not the simple pursuits of going out with to the gun range without a firearm let's go with an air gun you know yeah, I mean, yeah exactly uh basics take them in yes. steps they need to learn the basics and that and again back to small game hunting that's where small game hunting it, that's where small gaming hunting has its place. I mean, not just for uh, people like me. I hunt. I'm a hardcore squirrel hunter. I hunt squirrels every year. Right. Uh, you know, 28 years old. I've been hunting them since I was, you know, <laughs> you know, four. Right. <laughs> With my dad and my grandpa. You're I mean, pretty fired up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I've, I've been hunting them for a long time, and uh, it, it, 
that's how I, but I wouldn't be the deer hunter I am if I didn't learn. Amen. The, from squirrel hunting, you know, squirrel hunting made me the deer hunting hunter that I am. Right. And when you get, I see on the outdoor channel, back to the outdoor channel, I see people on there, they're in their deer blind and their kid is sitting there playing video games while they're waiting for a deer to come into a food plot. Right. It's like, you're not teaching them about hunting. They're still playing on the video game. Right. And, they're basically gotta stay occupied <laughs> you, it's just kind of like come on it's like yeah he's got to learn patience right you got i mean you, and that's you hard to teach youngsters sometimes but i mean that's that's what we have to do it's I frustrating mean. but and i'm gonna have to deal with it this season mm-hmm. and uh, i'm gonna have to practice what i preach right and yeah, uh, i certainly have <laughs> and uh you know I see them and uh, they're like, "Okay, put your video game down." The deer's out here. He's setting up the gun and he's putting the gun on the, on the window and everything. He's getting yes. them all set up and he's like, "Can you see the deer in the scope?" Yeah, I can see the deer in the scope. And he's like, "Okay, well, put it right behind his shoulder and then and then just slowly squeeze the trigger." He, the, he learned nothing about hunting. Right. He didn't learn how to scout. He didn't learn how, you know, as far as marksmanship. He probably learned marksmanship, but he didn't learn anything except for probably marksmanship. Right. I mean, he how learned to shoot and how to kill. Exactly. He he learned yeah how to shoot and how to kill. Yeah. That's it. And there's got there's got to be more to our outdoor pursuits. I mean, there just has to be. I mean, there it has to be a well-rounded pursuit. Is my point. You so. Know. Well, we didn't have cell phones, <laughs> but if I was on a cell phone and uh i was sitting there playing on, on it while me and my dad were sitting there uh hunting he probably uh, made my ear bleed <laughs> what are you doing come on pay attention yeah that's right but so, uh now this has been great man do you have anything else to add before we close the show out? i have nothing else to add uh, you've been a great guest as usual michael it's a pleasure to have you on the show and um anybody want to check out you know what i'm doing in the outdoors michael and i have done a couple of hunting videos together dustinsprojects.com on the video tab has all those videos uh, i've done couple of videos with michael on my youtube channel where i've just filmed him right two 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 videos okay and then a couple where we're together hunting where i'm i'm the shooter um but he's got you know he's just a great guy you get to know and i really appreciate you joining me on the podcast yeah so all right man. <laughs> thanks and there he goes ladies and gentlemen mr michael foster good buddy of mine uh great guy to have in the outdoors uh really a good heart on that guy you know just like uh just like a lot of the other guests that i've had on the show just they've got a great heart they've got a great um mindset for the outdoors and conservation and simple pursuits and just getting out there and having fun in the outdoors which is what this show is all about so again if you've not subscribed to the podcast please do so it is free you get a new show every two weeks with texas fishing games podcast the best of the outdoors and all you have to do is just keyword search us in your podcast player app or uh, online at The Best of the Outdoors. Or you can also visit our website. It has all of our shows from the inception of, of when we started in 2015. And that is thebestoftheoutdoors.podbean.com. And that will give you a whole host of shows uh, every week, every two weeks from the last year, as well as uh, the couple of years that I had it going before then. And uh, really enjoy having you guys. We are celebrating two years of, uh, over two years now, of being in the podcast realm. And I uh, just want to thank you so much again for hanging in there with us and uh, listening to our shows. And, uh, and feel free to send me your comments. You can visit my website at dustinsprojects.com. It's kind of a simple website I built there with all my videos. And a way to contact me through the Contact Us page. And um, 
you can send me your questions, your topics you like to hear on the show. I mean, anything like that. I'm happy to uh, to help you in the outdoors uh, in your own pursuits, wherever you are. Uh, we've got a whole host of experts over here, especially in the state of Texas, that can answer your outdoor questions. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reading. And have an awesome day in the outdoors. Thank you.